Zave, you have such a genuine smile. I wish people could see it. Oh, Joe, you're too kind. That's so good. Maybe I'm, it's the I'm beard. happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. Happy to talk about money with you. It's exciting stuff. You know what else is exciting? We're on episode eight of this podcast already. Gosh, time flies. Time flies. And it's an exciting one. I'm going to be so sad when the first season's over, but enjoy it while we can. Here we are. You know, here's to another season, hopefully. In the meantime, (laughs) let's get into today's episode. Welcome to Money Baggage, a financial literacy podcast brought to you by Hightower Advisors to spread knowledge about something that affects us all, money. We're your hosts, Joe Franco. And I'm Zave. And we're on an investigation to learn how to strategically deal with our money baggage. We're covering everything from debt to savings to credit cards to self-investment. We're here to grow the money mindset. It's our hope to push the next generation when it comes to financial independence. Knowledge is wealth, so let's handle this money baggage. What are we getting into today, Zave? Hit me with the topic. Today is compound interest. A fun one. I feel like I had no idea what it was until I was like almost an adult. Something that's not really talked about a lot. And let me just ask for clarification. When did you feel like you were almost an adult? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm like when I turned 24. No, um, like... Like this this month? <laughs> like when? Eight, How Like what? 18, 19. Like, yeah. When I moved out of the house. In what context did you learn about compounding? Was it in your savings or in debt? Um, both. It was, it was in class. Shout out to college, my finance class. I learned about it, but still pretty high level, you know, just kind of a definition. Right. You don't see how it affects your actual money until you become a real adult and you start looking at how compounding is really the magic of money. And it's like the thing that grows wealth the fastest. It's compounding. Both very powerful and very terrifying at the same time. When did you start getting familiar with the whole compounding interest topic? So same with you. I learned about it high level in school, like in the textbooks, but when it really started affecting me was with my college loans. So I started looking at month to month. I had tons of anxiety when it came to my loans because I was paying for the loan that my mom took out in my name and my own loans. And I started noticing that the Parent PLUS loan that my mom took out for me to go to university had a higher interest rate. And the loan seemed to multiply, like exponentially multiply. And I just remember there was one day where I had been paying for six months and the loan just kept growing. And I'm like, I don't understand how this is happening. I'm putting money every single month. My cold, hard-earned cash, and yet the balance is increasing. And when I looked into it, it turned out that it was compounding interest rate against my loans that was basically just multiplying. It was true. The money was multiplying. The loan was getting more expensive, even though I was still paying it back, because the rate that I was paying was not high enough to cover the speed of the compounding interest. Right. And I mean, it's a good, like, you should be proud that you were able to, you know, pay that off so quickly compared to others. Cause I've seen these examples where people had $40,000 of, you know, student loans, say, and the compounding interest in the long run made them have to pay like $90,000 over the long run. It's, it's terrifying. It's really scary. It's a good point. Cause I think I graduated college with like $45,000 of debt, but I ended up paying 67,000 to give you an idea. So it's like all of that is compounded interest. So should we get into what compounding interest is for all of our listeners? Get me that definition. What is compound interest? So compound interest is interest calculated on the initial principal, which also includes the accumulated interest from previous periods. 
So long story short, compounding interest is interest on top of the initial principal and the interest added. Right. So it's almost like, so imagine you have a pizza and then the next month you get another slice and then you add that slice to the pie. And then the next month you add two slices to the pie. And then the next month you add three slices to the pie. Like that's really what it, do you see a big pie of pizza? <laughs> The pizza's just getting bigger and bigger, too much pizza to handle by the end of the year. (laughs) I think it's because I'm hungry, but it's essentially the amount that you either owe or are investing grows because the interest becomes a part of the the principal. And then the interest rate gets calculated. It's based on the entirety of not only what you initially put in, but the interest that it's accumulated. Right. We'll make it an easy example, right? Say I put in, I invest $10 into a high yield savings account that gives me back 10% annually. It compounds annually. I think that's another important thing is to know when that interest is compounding because sometimes it's monthly, sometimes it's daily, sometimes it's yearly, you know? So knowing that- daily? Like there's no (laughs) crazier thing I've ever heard. I think my college loans were, were compounded monthly. So it was a very fast rate of compounding. So anyways, what happens to our $10 at 10% over the course of the year? I'm putting in $10. I get 10% back at the end of the year. First year goes by, I'm making 10% off that $10. That's another dollar. I make $11. Awesome. The next year- Well, you don't, you don't make $11. You have $11. I, I have $11. I got the $1 you made from $1. the interest. I made a dollar. Yeah, sorry. So the next year, I have that $11 still in there. Instead of making the 10% off of that initial principal, I'm going to be getting 10% of that $11, which is a dollar and 10 cents or something like that. (laughs) This is where we need some very strong calculators. (laughs) But so, yeah, that's the point. Like the $11 then becomes the principal, even though your initial income or your initial amount was only $10, but then you're getting 10% of 11, not just 10. And so you can imagine that if you have $10,000, it's a much greater number. And the more money you have and the more compounding you you have, like that, that's why people get exponentially rich. Right. And I think me as a young young person, if I've taken away anything from all the financial people around me is, you know, get your money compounding as quickly as possible because you know, those last couple of years that you did when you put it in two years earlier than most people, the last couple rounds of compounding can be like exponential. And so let's talk about the difference between simple interest. What is the difference between simple interest and compounding interest? And then my follow-up question is, which we should probably do some more digging on this. Do you just research? Like, is this bank account compounded interest or simple interest? Like, I need to know what, what is simple interest? So simple interest is an interest charge that borrowers pay lenders for a loan. It is calculated using the principal only and does not include compounding interest. Simple interest relates not just to certain loans. It also relates to type of interest that banks pay customers on their savings account. The formula to determine simple interest is an easy one. Just multiply the loan's principal by the interest rate by the term. So simple interest, it's easy to calculate, right? I put in $10, I'm getting that 10% of that $10. 
every year. It doesn't compound. The interest is the interest. The principal is the principal. So I just did a quick Google search, are bank accounts compound interest? And I have some research that says most savings accounts come with compound interest. So again, this is something that I think it's a case-by-case basis, be it your loan or your savings account. Look to see what kind of interest you're dealing with, because if it's compound interest, it's going to make a difference, whether it's your savings or your debt. Like It's just going to grow the money faster in one way or the other. And in an ideal world, it's always growing positively, not negatively. <laughs> no, 100%. And I think it's the same with loans. I mean, even like student loans, some compound, some don't. Most credit card bills do compound. You know, it's just knowing you just have to do your research is the biggest thing. Right. I have a question for you. Have you, you're in your 30s, have you experienced compound interest to your benefit in a substantial way? Yes, honey. And this is where (laughs) I was really plugged in. I'm like, wow, this is interesting. So I told you that I like to dip my toes in when it comes to saving and investing. And the reason I do that is because I like to see patterns. I'm a pattern lover. Like this is why I love learning languages. I love learning things because I like to observe the patterns. So I just did a little experiment. I put $500 into a a savings account, a high yield savings account. And then the next month I come back and there's more money in it, like enough to make a difference. It was only like a few, a couple of dollars, but I was like, oh, hmm, that's crazy. What if I put a thousand dollars in? What if I put $10,000 in? And then you just, I get motivated by letting time do the work for me. So I am going about my life. I'm living my life in the exact same way. I wake up, I work, I go to sleep and the account continues to grow and it grows faster and faster and faster. This is for a high yield savings account. And the same thing applied to my investments. Investments are different. I mean, we'll have an episode on that, I'm sure, but investments are different because they go up and down. But when it goes up, it goes up a lot higher if you have more money in there. And if it goes down, it goes down really low. But with a high yield (laughs) savings account, that was the first time that I saw the positive benefits of it because the rate of return, like the interest rate was so much higher than a regular bank account that I was shocked that you could make hundreds of dollars without doing anything at all, simply by letting time do its thing, by letting compound do the work. By just letting your money do its thing for you. It's It really is surprising how little it's talked about in people's day to day. Well, this is also why I think it's so important for young people to understand about money because compounding's magic when it comes to positive increase is time. And I posted this on the, the little web series that I made working with Hightower for a year. People who have time are young people. Like the earlier you get in on putting your money in high yield savings accounts or like in you know, investments that have a stable rate of return, the more time you have, the more that compounding will work for you. And you are doing nothing in addition. You're just like letting the fact that you're young do the trick because time is what compounding needs to do its magic. Time is the most powerful thing. Let's embrace our youth. Let's embrace our youth. Yep. And grow the bag. Grow, Embrace the youth, <laughs> grow the bag. I think that's grow the new that slogan. Bag. <laughs> So there's some key factors here. You got to know what variables are affecting your interests. You got to know what variables are affecting your investments, what variables are affecting your loans, because you don't want to be in the situation where you have a fat loan that's compounding like crazy, and then you're just underwater for so much longer than you initially thought. Right. So let's do a breakdown of what these key factors are. What are the key factors? So the first one is interest. This is the interest rate you earn or are charged. The higher the interest rate, the more money you earn or the more money you owe. 
So this is, again, a double-edged sword. You want high interest rates when it comes to your APY or the rate that your bank is giving you, your savings accounts. You want a higher interest rate when it comes to, or you want a higher percentage of return when it comes to your investments, but you want a lower percent of interest when it comes to your credit cards or APR because that number is what you're going to be paying on top of whatever you already spent. Right. And so next we have the starting principle. How much money you're starting with? How big of a loan did you take out? While compounding adds up over time, it is all based on the initial amount you deposit or borrow. Right. So keeping track of what did you initially put into the bank account? You could look at your bank statements, but sometimes with compounding interest, I swear, I'm like, how much money did I even put in this account? Like you you end up forgetting. So Mm -hmm. it's motivating if you know what the starting principle was and you see that it grew so much. It's just going to motivate you to continue to save and, and grow your money. Totally. So next we have the frequency of compounding. So this is, I feel like this is super important. The pace at which the interest level is compounded, daily, monthly, annually, whatever it is, determines how rapidly your balance grows. When taking out a loan or opening a savings account, make sure you understand how often interest compounds. You know, I always say it's not about having all the answers, but it's knowing what questions to ask. And going into a financial institution that's housing your money and you ask them, is the interest compounded? And at what rate? They're just going to be shocked. Same thing with loan providers. I was on speed dial with the people that house my loans. I was like, tell me what the balance is. Tell me what I need to do. The thing (laughs) about financial literacy is like, no one's going to hold your hand and tell you this stuff. And in fact, a lot of these financial institutions will like have such a quick system to get customers in and out that they're not going to hold your hand and say, Hey, just to give you a heads up, your credit cards are compounding daily, as in you're going to be owing so much money. They're not going to do that. So you need to be responsible for asking the questions of what is the frequency of compounding. Definitely. You just got to know. Just ask the right questions. Know what questions to ask and get them answered before you take out big loans and stuff like that because it's scary. Okay, so the next one is duration. How long do you anticipate owning an account or paying off a loan? The longer you leave money in a savings account or the longer you hold on to debt, the longer it has to compound and the more you'll earn or owe. Exactly. Timing is everything here. You want to keep your savings invested. Like you want to keep your savings in the account for as long as possible. And you want to get rid of your debt as quickly as possible. That's really it. That's the equation. Definitely. I think the biggest thing there is for debt anyways, is setting your goal, setting your time frame. I am going to pay off my student loans by the time I'm 30 years old. I'm calling it now, Joe. I'm calling it now. It's going to yes, be done. Yes, We're going to have a cake, <laughs> a money baggage cake. Like, congrats, Save. <laughs> okay, and then the next one would be deposits and withdrawals. Do you anticipate making regular deposits into your account? How often will you make loan payments? The pace at which you build up your principal balance and pay down your loan makes a difference over the long run. So this is this is an interesting twist because you can not only make money on compounding interest, but if you put more money in that savings account, then that's a bigger pie. Back to our pizza example. That's like while the extra bonus pizzas are flying into your pie, you're also baking more on your own to put into it. Like (laughs) you see, you see the visual. At the same time, somebody's bringing me my new pizza. I'm cooking one up in the oven to put in that pie too. (laughs) Exactly. And we all just need more pizza. Okay. I love this. And the same thing goes for withdrawals. You could be eating the pizza while the new pizzas are coming into your pie, but then, then less pizza comes in. It's almost like you get what you give and you give what you get. Does that apply here? 
I think so. No, that's... <laughs> I love how you just flipped it. It's like, you have to eat this pizza as quickly as possible, but they just keep bringing more pizza. So you better be scarfing it down or else <laughs> you're going to be that's super full. De- <laughs> that's the like debt example when it comes to the pizza analogy. And then the other one is like a pizza buffet. Like when you're just pouring more, you know, when you're baking pizzas and like magical flying. Sl- okay, we're going to, I definitely want to eat pizza tonight. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love how this pizza thing came about just because we did not plan this. This is not researched, but it's so good. It 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 it's helping me see the see the picture a lot better. So I it's appreciate. helping you see the pie. Okay, let's <laughs> move on. I'm getting out of control. Give me some examples of compound interest so we really understand this concept. So we have savings accounts, checkings accounts, certificates of deposit, CDs. When you make a deposit into account at a bank that earns interest, such as savings account, the interest will be deposited to your account and added to your balance. This helps you grow a balance over time. Right. And you can research the average rate of return for a bank account in the States and a savings account in the States. And it's really, really low. But that's the rate of compound interest. If your bank is compounding your interest, which most of them do, and the CDs, the certificate of deposits are... I've mentioned that I have one and it's a essentially a savings account that you don't get to take money out of until the maturity date. So usually the compound interest rate is much higher. And so it's a safe investment in one way because you know that you're making a higher percentage of compound interest on it, but it's risky in the other way if you're locking up too much of your money in a CD and you know that you'll get hit with a penalty if you withdraw it before the maturity date. So CDs are recommended if you have extra cash lying around or like it's, I don't know, I put money in there because I was like, I just want to see how this grows. Again, you, you see my test the waters. Because I think the psychology behind a CD is like you want your money to grow, but you also don't want to leave yourself stranded and put so much of your money locked up. So it's like a smaller portion that's growing. But then when you see the growth, you're like, oh, can I put more money in it? It's, it's that <laughs> whole conversation. It's intimidating to me. And I think it's just me being young and not having as much money because I have looked at CDs more recently than than not. And I just don't know yet. Like, cause I'm scared. I'm scared to lock away my money and be hit with a fat penalty if something happens and I need to pull it out. So yeah, I think it's probably something better for if you're a little bit more financially sound, might as well, right? We should do an episode on CDs because I'm curious on the breakdown of like who and what age brackets have CDs versus not. I think when you're younger, you just want to have access to as much liquid cash. But then as you get older, you're like, oh, okay, I have more money lying around. But the irony is if you're young and you have a CD and you continue to grow that CD, you have that element of time that somebody who's older doesn't have as much of. So you it's You start very... listening to the Money Baggage podcast and you start learning about all these things. and Yeah, <laughs> like I just think I wish I would have put more money in my CD earlier because it would have made so much more money for me. I only started using a CD maybe like two years ago, three years ago, and I put such a small amount. And even that small amount, I was like, oh, this is actually growing. And the thing about CDs is the interest rate is locked in. So it doesn't fluctuate if the economy goes up or down. And that's awesome because, you know, guaranteed you'll have like whatever 2% compounded interest for the five years or two years or a year. Maybe we should do an episode on that. We should do an episode on CDs. That's episode, that's season two. Season two CDs. (laughs) All right. So here's another one, right? 401k accounts and investment accounts. Earnings in your 401k and investment accounts are also compounded over time. 
The percentage that stocks gain from day to day are calculated based on their performance the day before, meaning they compound each business day. If you reinvest your dividends and make a regular deposit, you can help your balance grow even faster. We love a good investment account that's growing positively. And that's interesting that they grow daily. But that's, again, why people who are trading, day trading or whatever can make a lot of money. And investments in general, you always hear about investments making a lot of money. It's because of the magic of compounding. A hundred percent. And it's same as the 401k. I started contributing as soon as possible because I know it just builds and builds and builds. And when I'm ready to retire, it'll be there. And that makes me really happy. I have a personal 401k because I'm a business owner and I don't have a company matching mine. So I'm a little... I'm a little salty. I'm a little salty because I know that, you know, a lot of companies will match whatever you contribute to a certain amount. And that's amazing to me. That's like a really great benefit. It's free money. Yeah. Shout out to Hightower. (laughs) Like y'all hiring? So anyways, (laughs) so while I have to contribute to my own 401k, I'm going to take my salty way down to the last item <laughs> or no, second to last item, personal loans. So the deal with personal loans, very important. If you ever take out a personal loan, it's important to know that compound interest works against you when you borrow. When you borrow money, you accrue interest on any money you don't pay back. If you don't pay the interest charges within the first period stated in your loan, they're capitalized or added to your initial loan balance, which is absolutely horrifying. After that, future interest accrues on the new larger loan balance, which means that you have to calculate how much interest will actually add up and how many extra payments you can actually make to save you. If you pay extra, you can save yourself a lot of this struggle. And you can use calculators. There are tons of calculators online to just see like what can you do to prevent the unpaid loan amount interest to make your loan massive. And this is this is what happens with student loans. This is literally what happened to me. Like I got a student loan and it was 20,000 one day. And then the next day I look, it's like 35. I'm like, damn, what happened? Like literally <laughs> what just happened? Up? It can literally double. It's so, so mm-hmm. scary. So do you know what other types of loans other than student loans have this compounding interest that can just weigh you down? I mean, I'm assuming a mortgage does. I'm assuming a business loan does. I feel like all loans would have this kind of predatory financial (laughs) fine print. Like this is financial fine print that is really going to change the daily quality of your life. That should be the first thing you ask before you borrow any money. What is the compound interest rate and frequency? Right. And I think this is such an important thing It's something that I am having to teach myself is when you're paying back debt, it's so much smarter to pay a bigger sum initially. I think a lot of the time it's scary to just be like, oh, like my credit card has a higher balance. I'm just going to pay the minimum and keep it going. But then that balance just gets more and more and you end up paying off so much more of the debt than if you would have just bit the bullet and paid it off as quickly as possible. Which brings us to the final item on this list, credit cards. Tell me about credit cards and compounding. Credit cards. Each month, your credit card charges interest on your balance on the card. If you never charge anything else to the card and you pay the accrued interest each month, your balance will stay the same. But if you don't pay enough to cover the month's new interest, it will be added to your credit card balance. The next month's interest is calculated based on that higher amount. Over this time, you can cause your balance to skyrocket. Keyword skyrocket and not in a good way. (laughs) 
The most scary we, but most beneficial thing ever, compounding interest. Honestly, like, it's a friend, it's a foe, it's finance 101. And yet no <laughs> one really ever talks about it until now. I absolutely love just paying down all the debt. This is why I pay down all the debt and why I'm so investment focused because of compounding, because I've been a victim of compound interest as a college student, as a young entrepreneur with credit card bills. Like I fell into the trap of only paying a little bit above the minimum of my credit cards. And it's just a matter of observing the patterns when it comes to my money. For me, that's how I feel. I'm like, wait a minute, I paid a little bit over the minimum. And then the next month, the balance is even higher. How did that happen? Like, how did that work? Same thing happened to me. Just you live and you learn. I think I kind of now take it, especially with credit cards, it's like you kind of just got to take it as like a competitive game. It's like, I am not going to let debt get the best of me. I'm going to pay off as little as possible to keep that thing going. But obviously easier said than done. Yeah, we want more pies of pizza, <laughs> not <laughs> less. Right. So put put the compounding, you know, keep compounding top of mind when it comes to saving and investing and make sure that you're paying off that debt as quickly as possible so you can avoid compounding being your enemy. I'm feeling like we needed to talk about that because that compounding is important. I think I'm going to have to order a pizza now, Joe. You and me both. <laughs> and uh, yes, that and like diving into all of the things that I have to my name and, and looking up the duration of the compound interest, because that's something I took away from today. I think that's it. Maybe we do a part two. But in the meantime, thank you so much for listening to Money Baggage, a podcast brought to you by Hightower Advisors to bring financial literacy to everyone listening. Don't forget to rate our show five stars wherever you listen to your podcast. And don't forget to slide into Joe's DMs. They're always open. Ask us questions. We will get them answered on the air at Joe underscore Franco. We'll be back next week with more goodness to unpack this money baggage. We'll see you there. Can't wait. Wow, this show is just ramping up. This podcast is a simulation and is for educational purposes only. Joe Franco is presenting the information in this podcast in her capacity as a consultant to Hightower Holding LLC and its affiliates and subsidiaries and not as an actual client of Hightower Advisors LLC. The material provided in this podcast is prepared and researched by its author and does not service as an endorsement or a reflection of the views of Hightower Holding LLC or any of its affiliates. Hightower does not make any representations or warranties expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the information or for statements or errors or omissions or results obtained from the use of the information contained herein. Hightower Advisors LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC member FNIRA SIPC.